Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tribune Audio Network. So surreal knowing growing up and it's sort of a historic kind of downtown, you know, buildings from the early turn of the century. And um, just like, wow, it looks like a war zone. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. We're investigative reporters breaking down the big stories, what it took to get them, taking you behind the scenes. It's the stuff we couldn't tell you on TV. On today's episode, Inside the Explosion, a very personal perspective of the devastation that rocked a small Wisconsin community. Hello, I'm Brian Polson here with Jenna Sachs. Hi. And our special guest host today, Chief Photojournalist Andy Conkle. Hey, Andy. Hello. Andy, can you tell us a bit about your career path, what brought you here today? Yeah, sure. So I've been at Fox 6 for 19 years uh, as the last about two and a half as the Chief Photojournalist. Um, you know, a big step in my career going from shooting stories every day to developing, scheduling, and uh, getting other photojournalists kind of all on the same page as far as our storytelling goes. Uh, before that, I had worked at a station in Green Bay for about two and a half years and started my career in Wausau, Wisconsin. So you're a Wa- Wisconsin guy. You're a Wisconsin native. Wisconsin born and raised. Yep. Went to uh, college at UW-Platteville and grew up in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. And in 19 years, you pretty much cover anything and everything, right? Exactly. I mean, people always ask, you know, what do you do? And it's like everything from a house fire um, to uh, the first story I ever shot was a dog getting stuck in the mud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did the dog get out? It did. Oh, that's great And funny about that, it was like four o'clock in the morning in Wausau and I'm excited because this is the first thing I'm ever getting to do and not just editing stories. And um, I pull up and, you know, back in those days, we had this big spotlight and runs on a battery belt for about 20 minutes. It's how long it would last. So I turn it on to get some shots and got my shots, turn it off. And the firefighter's like, can you turn that back on? That really helps. I'm like, yeah, sure. But you only get it for 20 minutes. Yeah, you know, just because someone has the chief behind, you know, in front of their name or they, they're in charge of something doesn't necessarily mean they're good at the thing. But for anyone who doesn't know, Andy Conkle isn't just the chief photojournalist, and he is clearly, and I'm not saying this because you're sitting here, one of the most talented photojournalists, if not in Wisconsin, maybe beyond uh, in the country. And, and I first time I worked with you uh, was, was uh, you know, now 15 years ago when I got here. And what I still recall is your video was incredible, but generally a pretty quiet guy the first time you know, that, that I met you, at least that was my, my, uh, uh, experience. I don't know back then if I would have seen you, wow, you're in charge of the whole, you know, did you ever envision yourself as a guy who was going to be in charge of all these people? I mean, it's something that I always kind of had as my next career goal step, but I didn't know if it would ever come. You're right. Uh, I am a quiet person. Um, it's just my personality. I think I've grown a little bit uh, because of this role, too. Um, kind of have to, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. It, it goes from just worrying about yourself and motivating yourself and telling the best stories you can to, to try to get other uh, people to believe that as well. And Andy's also pretty much won every award under the planet for his job. So we're really happy to have you at the station and to have you here today. We talk about him being a homegrown guy. There's something that happened last year that uh, really brought news home for you. 
There was a big sonic boom. It just took every freaking house. We got everybody out on the street for wondering what the hell happened. It's a moment that forever changed the lives of people living in Sun Prairie. Nearly a year ago, on July 10th, a construction crew struck a gas main in downtown Sun Prairie, leading to a major explosion. Oh, my gosh. You're okay. Take, take your time. North Bristol and what's the cross street? Tell me exactly what happened. It's a construction work and we hit the gas main. So that explosion leveled downtown and took the life of firefighter Corey Barr. And in the hours that followed, our newsroom collected information, sent crews to the scene. And Andy, you were one of the people that headed right out there. Can you talk about the trip there, what's going through your mind, and then what you saw when you arrived? Yeah, so it was a little different. Um, I think it happened, uh, you know, late on a Tuesday evening, uh, probably 7.30 or 8, if I remember. And I was out, uh, I just got done finished softball, actually, and saw something come across on Twitter uh, that our station had sent out about this, some prairie getting, so I'm like, oh my gosh, some prairie, wow. Um, I'm Your gonna, hometown. I'm, yeah, my hometown. Wow, that's crazy. And I didn't know at that time know how big it was. And so I text my mom, like, are you guys okay? I always do it anytime I hear anything going on around Madison or some prairie. Are you guys okay? What's it like? She's like, we were, you know, we're out of town in Madison eating dinner. We're fine. Um, and then my wife's also from some prairie. So she starts texting with her cousin and stuff. And um, her aunt and uncle live less than a mile from where this happened. She's like, we're three miles away and we could feel the town shake it's like oh wow three miles away yeah just on the other side of town um they're like yeah we could feel it and then you see more and more pictures come in from our madison affiliate and more and more friends like taking pictures like this this is pretty serious this isn't just like one house on fire this is a, a larger area and like it's so surreal knowing growing up and it's sort of a historic kind of downtown you know buildings from the early turn of the century and um just like wow it looks like a war zone. Yeah, when you got there, what did you find? What did it look like? Yeah, so I didn't wind up going until early next morning. We wanted to uh, put the Sky Fox up. And so, um, you know, we had planned out that myself and Kale Zimney and other photojournalists would leave early in the morning to be able to fly right when the sun came up. And The drones. The drones, yeah, because there's, there's rules about when we can fly and, and when we can't fly. So we couldn't fly until a uh, half hour before sunrise. So, um so much of the area, you know, taped off, um, still fire trucks putting out what well, little fire, uh, you know, of these buildings that are gone. And so um, we launched from an area that was kind of as close as we could get. And then as we're like zooming in, I'm like, oh my, you know, you see like one wall of a building standing up and you're like, I know that bar. I've been to that bar. I used to get my hair cut there. Across the street was a, a supper club that my parents would eat at every night. And you're like, there is nothing left. The streets are filled with bricks. It's just surreal. You've covered a lot of breaking news in your career. And we have this great added technology now to be able to get these aerial views of something like that where this is widespread devastation. So first of all, you've got the training as a pilot with these drones, a licensed pilot to do it. When you're covering somebody else's disaster, it's one thing. What's it like when you put that up and you see this devastation of all those things you described, places you know? Does it change how you approach it, how you cover it, or do you have to set that aside and just cover it like anything else? Yeah, I think I was able to set it aside and cover it like anything else. However, I think it gave an advantage because I'm like, I knew what this place was, or I think I know what this place was. I'm not sure anymore because... It's just a pile of bricks. But um, I think that helped. I think it helped uh, because I could, 
kind of navigate i'm like okay this street is closed what if we go a block over this way is that one open um you know down this street th- this is where uh, senior living place is we can probably get some shots from there i'm sure you know this is where they were taking people to, to kind of stay so it gave you a strategic and sort of informational advantage yeah definitely and then uh could also you know um lean on my parents and and other family members of my wife's who live in town and kind of first check in on them uh to know how they're doing and then to understand what else they found out from people. You know, we, we knew that uh, one firefighter was injured. Obviously, they hadn't released a name, but, you know, through that grapevine, we got kind of a head start on, on figuring out who the injured person was. And the firefighter who died, he'd been working at a bar in the downtown at the time? Yeah, uh, so it was called uh, The Bar House. His last name was Barr, um, so House. B-A-R-R, right? Correct, yeah. yep. Okay. And um, I believe he was the owner of it. Um, and uh, so when they knew about this gas leak, he wasn't on duty um, but had heard about it, so wanted to go in, make sure people had evacuated the, uh, you know, his establishment and, and kind of check, turn off the gas line in there, and then um, that's, that's when it happened. So obviously the loss of a life always affects a community, but the amount of devastation there, did Sun Prairie have a lot of rebuilding to do? Oh, through? yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for the longest time that Main Street was closed down around that block, you had to, you know, take a detour because um, not only did they have to clean up all the rubble from it, they had to go and, you know, finally make this gas line repair and all those under uh, ground utilities repair those and then get the pavement done. So this happened in June last year. I don't think Main Street opened again until about December, early December. So it, it took a long time to, to kind of get that. And then now um, that that's open and stuff, there's there's no building on this corner where you're like, there should be <laughs> there should be a bar here. There should be a barbershop on this side. There should be that. And, you open, and it's just for the meantime, green space. What, do they plan to rebuild there so far as you know, or or, or has there been a, a decision made as to what to do with that empty space? Yeah, I think in that empty space, from what I think I remember hearing, they're talking about like maybe a park or some sort of memory area Memorial. where the bar yeah. house was. Um, but then as far as the other place, um, it's sort of weird in the supper club. Um, you like just see where stuff like stairs to go downstairs or still concrete stairs. And you're like, hmm, hmm. this is weird. I was thinking about covering breaking news because we do it all the time. But for people who haven't been to a breaking news scene, when you get there, are you kept a certain distance away? Is thing, are, is everything running calmly or is it rather chaotic when you get there? Yeah, in general, um, in general, uh, spot news scenes, you know, uh, they can vary depending on what it is. Sometimes it's calm. Sometimes you're right up close. Sometimes you... Um, you know, get there faster than firefighters. I was going to say, it probably depends on if yeah. you're the one mm-hmm. beating first responders right. there, you yeah. may be in the middle of a real chaotic right. scene. Right, and, and there are times that that's happened, you know, spot news just happens right in front of you, and then eventually they get there and, you know, ask you to move back, and, of course, you you have to respect that. Um, so uh, I, th- I th- think, you know, they kept us at a pretty good distance. This was such a, a big disaster. Uh, other community police departments, fire departments were in, and, and they had the zone pretty pretty blocked off to keep everybody a safe distance because we're still not 100% sure the gas line shut off. We don't know what could happen. They're still we're just starting their investigation and, and, and seeing what else is going on. So that's why the drone was probably pretty helpful. Yeah, definitely helpful. I mean, it certainly gave us an advantage that, you know, uh, a lot of other stations didn't have at the time. Um, 
Well, and that's what the pu- – I mean, honestly, as members of the public, you hear there's this major explosion. Okay, I want to see. What are we talking about? Give me some idea of the scale. And from ground level a lot of times, especially if you're being held back for safety, you can't really see much of anything other than there's some fire trucks and flashing lights. But as soon as you got those drones up in the air, it was clear just what a massive explosion this was. Yeah, exactly, because you know, I think the closest we could get at the time was maybe a couple blocks away. And uh, the bar house, you know, you're shooting right at it, but there are buildings here. So you're right. You don't get that scale until you get, you know, 50 feet in the air, how many ever feet you go up. And, and then you're like, whoa, this wasn't just one building. This was a block. There's so many layers to this because, you know, you could have an explosion of any buildings in any community of this magnitude and it would be devastating. But this was the downtown, which is the heart of a community. And then you have, I'm sure, a bar that many people were familiar with and had been to many, many times. And then the owner of that bar, who's also a first responder himself, who dies. I mean, a lot. Was this difficult for the community of Sun Prairie to sort of get through this? And is it something that maybe still lingers? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you'll go through and there's, you know, they come up with this hashtag Sun Prairie Strong. Um, it sort of started right after it happened. Um, you know, I think the community really... It really brought them together. Um, struggled a, a bit at first, sure. I mean, his services they had at the, the Sunbury High School. So many people wanted to show their support, and and, and people come out, and that was a good space to do it. Um, but it, I think it, overall it brought the community together. They knew they could build from this. Uh, they didn't want to dwell on it. They knew uh, Corey was a great person, not only for this bar, but he was a volunteer firefighter. He did so much for the community. Um, that th- It just showed a lot. That's the dinner bell, which means it's time for our dinner party question. And this is a weekly segment where we answer questions we most often get asked as journalists at parties or events or whenever we're out and about. Here's the catch. We have no idea what the question is. There's several envelopes in front of us, and I'm going to pick one out at random. Yes, Let's Andy, see. where do we go? All here? right, we're going here. Right in the middle. Yep, all right. It's like I picked number three because I like the Italian racing sausage is my favorite at oh, the Brewers. So. I, I I like Polish racing sausage, but my daughter likes hot dogs. So I'm a chorizo fan dog. myself. Chorizo, all right. Yeah. See, I always wonder: is a hot dog a sausage? I always have that. The, Nothing against good, your well, daughter, it's sort, but it's it's sort of. That, a, I guess I don't know. That's a good question. Is a hot dog a sausage? Is it a type of sausage? Anyway. Uh, here's a good one. Here is the question. What or who inspired you to go into journalism? What or who inspired you? Who wants to take this first? You want me? You want to take it, Jenna? Well, I don't know if I had someone I grew up watching as a journalist that I admired just because I didn't know I was going to end up going into TV journalism. I mean, there are people I've been in, I've become a fan of since I've gotten into journalism, everybody talks about, you know, the Boyd Hooperts, you know, the, the local news reporters who just know how to take a story and turn it into something beautiful. You know, he, he's a, a, an incredible storyteller and challenges you in ways um, that you wouldn't think of, you know, how to, how to introduce your story, how to build the plot line and how to end it well. So that's someone, people always mention him, though, and it feels... Like, not a good answer, because in the TV news business, that's like a, that's just an easy out. Oh, Boyd Hooper, he was a 
He's a role Elvis model. is the reason I wanted to sing and play guitar. But he's yeah. a reporter at Care 11 in Minneapolis. So if you ever want to Google him, he does a lot of really good work. Amazing. He's, he still inspires all of us, yeah. even though we've been in the business as long as we have. Um, for me, it wasn't a reporter or a news person necessarily. Although I, I guess I don't want to stick with just one. Well, I'll say first is I didn't intend to go into journalism initially. Um, I had been in my journalism class in high school, like on the newspaper staff, and I loved my high school uh, instructor uh, who was the head of our high school newspaper, John Kern. He was like the track coach, and I was never a runner. Um, I played soccer, but he was a great guy. And um, and so in some ways, I think he inspired me. He, he definitely gave me a love for what I did on the newspaper staff, but I didn't plan to do that for a career. I actually got into radio initially because I wanted to be a sports play-by-play announcer, and I idolized Jack Buck, who was the longtime broadcaster for the St. Louis Cardinals. And, of course, more people now know his son, Joe Buck, who does all sorts of NFL and other national sports broadcasts, um, baseball and everything else. Um, But Jack was sort of my inspiration for getting into radio in the first place, and then I very quickly realized I was never going to be a professional sports play-by-play announcer. And by then, I was working in radio and got this feel for news um, but the one person I think who sort of gave me the inspiration that I could be a television news reporter one day was Larry Connors, who's a, a longtime anchor in St. Louis, uh, just recently retired. And uh, I took a course uh, that he taught where he actually gave you some sort of news reading feedback. You'd read and they'd record it and they'd give you some feedback. And I'll never forget, I was a, a senior in high school at the time. Uh, and and he uh, he sat down with me and he said, you know, you read really well. You've got a, a good understanding. He said, I think you could really do this one day. But then he and he picked up a, 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 like a flap of hair. I had because I had a mullet at the time. Uh, we've nice. probably talked about this before, nice. right? If not, I'm guessing more pictures are going to come out. <laughs> I had a, I had a total high school mullet, and he grabbed the back of my hair and he said, "This is going to have to go." And he made like a Wise scissors man. motion. <laughs> And, of course, it didn't last much longer after that. So I guess I'll give Larry Connors okay. the biggest credit. Uh, for me, I think it's a long, convoluted story, so I'll start from the beginning. Um, we didn't have cable growing up, but after dinner, I you know, wanted to uh, – Wheel of Fortune was on at 6.30. So I had to wait till that was on after eating dinner, so the only thing that was on was news. So I remember watching NBC 15 News, which my parents still do to this day. It's their channel. Um, so I guess kind of kind in of Madison. drawn in, yeah, in Madison, Wisconsin. So kind of drawn in by that. And then in high school, um, took a communications class, um, which I know you guys said I'm quiet, but I was even quieter back then before <laughs> I took this class. And that there was something about um, Mr. Jim Dom, the teacher, who just brought it out of me. And, uh, you know, like, oh, I, I kind of like this where this is going. Uh, went to UW Platteville for broadcasting degree. Um, so a different skill than you guys have, the, the writing and the storytelling, you know, I really learned I wasn't very good at that, but found that other creative aspect of shooting the pictures, gathering that, and that sound, being able to still talk to people and still put together a story without that. So um, I think that's where that kind of started as I got into this business, um, joined the National Press Photographers Association, kind of found that next level, level of storytelling, and then... Uh, hear about this guy in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Jim Wilson, who worked with Boyd Hooper, of all people. At our station. Yeah, at, at Fox 6 right here. And I was like, well, someday I, I want to go. If I, if I can get a job there, I can learn from him every day. And lo and behold, two and a half years later, uh, Milwaukee, and he's mentoring me every day. And so that, 
it's kind of where my career has gone. You know, when you think about it, and I've talked to some people outside of Milwaukee. Uh, I've been here now 15 years. You grew up in Wisconsin, and you've been at Fox 6 for 19, Andy. And Jenna, you've been here quite a number of years. I'm not sure how long it's been, but it's almost been Almost 10. Almost 10 years. So we've all been here a long time, but outside of Milwaukee, people in the news business, WITI has a reputation now where people go, oh, gosh, I hear you guys do great work. And I think back to the people who've come through here, Boyd Hoopert, Jim Wilson, who's still here, Adam you as Schrager. our chief photographer, yeah. Adam Schrager, there have been some real uh, just dynamite reporters and photographers who really are some of the best in the business. And and then we've had leaders in the newsroom, uh, you know, news directors and things who've made this place what it is. But this is a place where I don't think it's like a lot of other stations. And I've worked at a few. I, I just think there are people outside of Milwaukee who hear WITI and they just know, that's a great station. And I think there's a lot of people who think, you know, if I get a chance, I'd like to work there. And a lot of that's due to our photography staff. I mean, oh, a reporter absolutely. is only as good as the photographer they're with and vice versa. You know, a photographer is not going to turn a good story if a reporter doesn't write it well. If a reporter doesn't, you know, write to the B-roll, the, the video footage, it's not going to turn out well. So it's it's good to have strong people on both sides of that team. Well, and I every think we're reporter, lucky enough to have quite a few here. Every reporter wants to work with a photographer like the kind of photographers we have here. And I remember, you know, there were times, there's places I've worked where there were a couple of photographers in the newsroom, you go, boy, I hope I get that one today. Mm-hmm. Here, it's it's become one of those where it doesn't really matter who you get. You're going to get somebody good. There aren't as many of those, boy, I hope it's that one. Otherwise, it's just not going to be any good. I, I, we, we've been blessed with a really great staff here. Yeah. And I mean, that that's the reason I wanted to come here. That was the reputation 20 years ago. And, you know, that's the reputation I hope to keep going and, and, and think we have so far, you know, we've, we've, we've been lucky uh, to work with great reporters who allow us, you know, it's a, it's a team team is telling a story is a team activity. Um, it's not just a reporter saying, give me a shot of that. Give me a shot of that. You know, and you guys don't do that. You guys let us get our creative shots. If we have a question, absolutely encouraged to ask it. You know, sometimes it's something you guys aren't thinking of. Um, but then the same thing, you know, you guys might see something, you know, 180 degrees different from us. So it's, it's the ability to work as a team and, and put things together. And it's nice when you can trust that the other person knows what they're doing and is going to do their best. And you won't come back to the station and go, oh, we didn't get that shot that I thought we would. Or why is it, the video blue? Right. Why did she write to that? We didn't get footage yeah. of that. We're going to call this episode Love Fest. Uh. <laughs> no, really, the, we, we mean all of these things, though. It's, 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 we've, we're very lucky here mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, thankful that we've had you now as our chief for, what's it been? It's been about two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah. And hopefully many more to come. We'll find out. Yeah, thanks for joining <laughs> us, Andy. This was fun. Oh, thanks for having me on. This is my first podcast and... Uh, you know, I hope it won't be your guys' last because you had me on. No, I think you're probably going to get invited back is the only problem for you. So you'd, you might have done too well. Oh. Now, um, as we all often talk about, whether it's the video that Andy shoots, the reporting that we do, so much of what we do starts with your tips. And if you're listening and you made it all the way through this, if you have story ideas, if you have questions for us, if you have a dinner party question you want to hear uh, asked of us, give us a call or send, shoot us an email, I should say, to the investigators at fox6now.com. Thanks for listening to Open Record. If you enjoy listening, let us know. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Before we go, we want to thank again Chief Photojournalist Andy Conkle for joining us here today. And thank you to the other people that bring all this together, Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, and Leanne Watson. And if you want more Open Record, just head to our website, fox6now.com.
Tribune Audio Network.